conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right. Gentlemen, good morning. Welcome back. Morning. Hello, hello. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. How's everybody's weekend and week from last week when we last saw each other? It's good, man. Count the days till the holidays. It feels like uh it's a weird year anyway, but we went ahead and put the Christmas tree up because why not? It's 2020. <laughs> Already? Already. Christmas tree is up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We usually wait until Thanksgiving, which is uh, next week, but uh, figured we, we had some extra time this weekend, so why not? Cool. Cool. I was a few days yeah, in the mountains uh... and, and enjoying the less bit of sun before the real cold is starting, so uh, it was cool. Yeah, I'll be joining that uh, that Christmas train here real soon. Like Friday, <laughs> we'll be we'll be on the same page.
You gotta love the you gotta love that delayed entry, right? Um, so this is a, <laughs> dude, yeah, it's always great. Uh, you know, it's getting better. It's getting better, but we'll see. Um, so this is a fun week. We get to uh, we've talked about a lot, like in the last four months. Um, this is a special episode because we have a guest and we're gonna bring him on uh, here shortly. Uh, but we're talking about you know hotel and vacation rental automation and contactless, uh, you know, you know tech basically in the sense of uh, all all things hospitality. So it's cool to to bring this uh, topic to light after you know some COVID stuff has really uh, shown up and. You know, I'm excited to hear you guys' thoughts on what what's going on in the tech world with, uh, you know, like I said, contactless everything. I want to address something differently, actually. And yes, we're going to talk about automation, technology, data, everything today. And uh, yesterday, I'm a huge F1 fan from uh, racing. And actually, uh, our friend Lewis Hamilton become a seven-time world champion now. It's a new record. But... It's so interesting to see, actually. I just want to shortly because I know we have to go back to hospitality. I went to a few races and everything there is around hospitality to make you feel greater there. But it's amazing to see that actually when, uh, like, for example, as a driver, as a team, how they're using constantly data during a race. It's a one-and-a-half-hour race. And every decision there is just based on data. With the weather changing, then you see then their competitor, for example, different driver goes inside for a pit stop. They Everything is based on data. And it is so impressive to see how they actually only using data. And of course, you have to be a good driver. But if one of the decisions based on data is incorrect, you're just losing a race. You saw one driver, he went in too early for changing the tires, was number one, he ended up number nine. And he wasn't didn't drive bad, but it was because of a bad decision, right? So I think it's the same making bad decisions in hospitality. Um, yeah, actually could be bad and could actually influence everything revenue could be a victory competing other out competing out other properties so it's i just want to address this one because i'm a huge f1 fan um but it's interesting to see how data actually can be so so useful in making decisions and automation technology because it's not like in the past in the past and that's you see that somebody just driving rounds and that's it but now everything if you're just not using data you're just not winning and i think it's the same hospitality if you're not using data if you're not using automation you're not going to win this competition as well. It's that's interesting. I, I think there's some sports in the U.S. and, and F1 is not a big thing in, in the U.S. at least no. uh, from my perspective. <laughs> but analytics is becoming more and more popular in American football, and you see plays now that you would have not normally have seen two, three, four years ago, where teams are going for two point conversions in the start of the fourth quarter for whatever reasons that their analytics are telling them. What's interesting is uh, it doesn't seem to be working out for those teams that are, are using that type of analytics and kind of the traditional methodology is still winning, but I think I think it's a, also a data point. Um, like there, there's just not enough data out there yet to accurately tell them that you need to go for the two-point try in the third quarter instead of with one minute left in the fourth quarter. So there, and I think we can tie that back in nicely into uh, rentals and hospitality. A lot of data companies are pretty early um, and data, you know, in my six years in hospitality has gone from non-existent to pretty good, but I think we've got a good ways to go until it's, really, really good. 
Yeah. I was going to say, um, what kind of role does like automation and this type of, you know, data um, play in your guys' companies and businesses um, with Bitroom and NoiseAware? Because I'm pretty sure they play a pretty significant role. Mm -hmm. Well, you can see in how people making decisions, right? And, and automation is really, really wide. It's if you're looking at the platform, how people are using, for example, where did they arrive from? First of all, what is the behavior? What is they coming from? And they're expecting different user journeys as well. So you can see it doesn't matter if you if your resources, for example, from social media, your 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 path, your user journey could be differently by creating accounts, by automating actually by with one click creating account. And if somebody comes from a different source, yeah, this, there's a different kind of sign off process right with email address password so it could be also the way of automating processes if you know what is the source of the of the guests so i think it's, and it's the same if you're looking at the properties of the hotels i think they're really making a huge step with onboarding hotels and i think this is maybe more relevant to to uh, to mention is like if you're onboarding a hotel i know that the other otas um, the bad guys they just take you up to an hour to onboard your property with connectivity, with room mapping, etc. When we said, okay, if we really want to become successful and we want a lot of properties on board, we have to make sure that the onboarding process, the, 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 the automation of creating accounts for properties, for apartments or for hotels, is much easier. And then we preload a lot of information already from different sources. So actually, the property can make their account in seven minutes with mapping. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things are automated. The mapping is completely automated, uh, for example, with different sources, with uh, review websites, etc. So we automate a lot of things actually, which give us the opportunity to have 150,000 properties on board within a few years. When other takes them, if it takes you an hour instead of seven minutes, yeah, it's completely differently. So I think especially yeah. in the onboarding for us, it helped a lot in automating processes. Yeah, and aside yeah. from you know, sales and marketing tools, which I think everybody uses analytics uh, around those. Um, yeah. Noise is an interesting thing, and there's a lot of cool data that can come out of uh, just monitoring noise levels. Um, stuff that we weren't able to do two or three years ago, we're able to do today. And a good example is in Arizona in September, Verbo banned one night stays because house parties were becoming quite a problem. And in the two weeks following that, there was a 36% reduction in, in significant noise levels. So you can use data like that to make decisions in other cities and other markets to say, we can cut a third of the problems just by getting rid of one night stays. And what else can we do to eat another third and another third and ultimately try and get rid of this, uh, this problem altogether. Um, you know, there's certainly data points around time of day and, and you know, group size and property size and all that. There's also some pretty interesting stuff that we, we call it the after bar effect. Uh, you see it get loud until eight or nine o'clock and then people leave the property. And then about one or two in the morning, it spikes back up. Um, sometimes it spikes up for a long time and sometimes it spikes up for like 10 minutes. So yeah. it, it really depends on the group and how much they were drinking and how quickly they go to bed. Um, there's a, there's a lot of really cool data, um, around just singular messages that you can send to guests to get them to comply. Most, most people are trying to, um, not break the rules actively and, 
uh, blatantly. Um, and, and you can see that through through data that you know, a lot of this data wasn't available in 12, 24 months ago. Yeah, and it was super cool to see like just the, I don't know, it's a good segue into um, just like the guest experience and and of course just the role that data and automation has in in this whole industry that we're a part of. Um, and speaking of you know a guest uh, on the show, this is our first time ever having a guest is, who's with us, uh, who's been with uh, I Meet Hotel from you know Bidroom and on my show as well. The and so we talked about you know the use of technology and how stuff like this. Um, really does play a role into the human connection that if we do use our tech and automations and other things better, that um, we'll actually be able to then free up our own time to then give the guest more, you know, human to human interaction and attention. And so I'm excited to welcome Simon A onto the show and bring in some great value points for the audience. Simon A, how are you doing, my friend? Very good. Thank you for having me again. Of course, yeah. Again, is the key word I think. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been on, uh, been with Michael Ross and myself a couple times. Yeah. Um, just give a give the audience a quick introduction of uh, who you are, kind of what you do, and uh, kind of um, a little bit of a, uh, I guess, background and and the the tech space and what you do for for hotels and sure. Uh, the EU. So I've been working in the hospitality space for twenty one years now. Uh, the first part of my career has been as an hotelier. Uh, I did pretty much everything I could in hotels, starting from receptionist up to general manager of a little group of hotels in Rome. And then around 10 years ago, I uh, wanted to focus more on marketing and digital marketing, especially was my, I discovered it was my thing. So I moved to consulting. I started consulting for a lot of hotels, worked for a French American uh, uh, web agency for a long time. And in the meantime, I started uh, working on um, academics as well. So I do a lot of lecturing, MBAs, etc. And uh, three years ago, or four years ago, I think four years ago, I founded my own consulting firm. And I do consult for uh, hotels, uh, travel tech companies, and I do a lot of content creation. So a lot of ghostwriting, you have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> and um, so this is pretty much uh, this is pretty much myself in a nutshell. That's awesome. Well, we talked about, like I said, the the use of like a tech stack in a property, and I want to hear from your side of things. Hmm. Uh, what what have you, what kind of role have you seen the automation and and just technology and data um, play with hospitality and the advancement of obviously like we're in a current you know state of uh, pandemic with the you know COVID. So, what have you seen with everything that kind of goes involved with automation and tech? Well, what Michael said. Uh, before is that we went from zero data to okay-ish kind of data. I think we are still not great. I think we're far from great because one of the problems, and I think it's something we discussed even last time, is the fact that when it comes to hotels, uh, we're talking about very tech uh, uh, industries, right? Uh, uh, if, if, even a small bed and breakfast uh, would probably have at least six or seven software running at the same time. And that is great uh, up to a certain extent that it does create silos. So a lot of these data are in silos and you cannot access this data, right? And it's not uncommon that you see a hotel with a gold mine of data, but these data are all around. 
Some of the data are on the PMS, some of the data are on the CRM, some of the data are on the channel manager, some of the data are on the meta search management platform. And it's very hard even with a BI to make sense out of the data. So I think the first thing we need to do uh, is making sure that we can have access to all this data in a way that is accessible and readable and understandable because otherwise it's just a mess. It's just noise, right? And um, mm -hmm. and what we have to avoid as well, and this is what, what I say, it's always the logistic of travels. We should avoid having humans that are crunching all day long, right? So uh, it's not really uh, giving any added value to have a human being data crunching all day long just to find out that small piece of information that you need at that specific time. So that automation is great. The problem is that very often, and I'm talking like from a European perspective, more than a US perspective, we are mainly independent hotels, small properties, family run. And so it's quite common to have problems with data and it's quite common to get to hotel and uh, the data are pretty much all around. And most of the times these data are totally useless, right? So I think mm -hmm. before we get to data automation, we should get to uh, data access first, right? We should have this access to the data. And uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunately, it's not always the case. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what, what do you think is the uh, best way to get access? Like, is it over, is it simplifying our process of instead of having a PMS and a CRM and a channel manager and all this other stuff, just putting into one, one process, one feature of everything, or how does that look like in, in your eyes? I wouldn't say that. I say that the main, the main problem is always with the PMS. If you work with integration enough, you know that the main problem is always the PMS, correct? Okay. It's yeah. uh, not saying anything new. It's the elephant in the room. Um, and the problem with the problem with PMSs is, is that uh, most of the times they are legacy, uh, legacy monsters, right? So getting this data, it's a nightmare. And uh, so I would say that the first thing that we need to do right now is to make sure that we have some uh, uh, PMS that is cloud native, first of all, uh, API driven. So it's so that these data are actually accessible, right? And we don't we don't have to physically go in the basement to, to get to get access to this uh, to this data. So I would say that we got a tech. Uh, the first tech problem that I see is related to how PMS uh, store data today and the, the the architecture of PMSs. So I wouldn't go for a only one solution. Actually, I'm going on the other direction. I'm more for our open industry with open APIs where, uh, you know, hotels can uh, pretty much change their tech stack whenever they want without having all these terrible uh, consequences, right? Uh, I think I can speak for all of you. Uh, if you work in hotel at least one day, you know that changing a PMS is the most brutal thing that can happen to you, right? And uh, 100%. And, and this is because sometimes it's you're trying to change this legacy monster and it's so complicated. You have to retrain all the stuff. You have data loss. You know, it's quite, it's quite challenging. Uh, if you can remove that friction, then you are one step closer to what we are trying to do with data automation. So I would say the main problem is on the PMS right now. Yeah, and, and to piggyback what he was saying earlier, I think the the fact that they're all siloed right now is a, a problem or a, a result of everything being so legacy before. And 
the next wave of what's going to happen is there's a lot of really good tech right now, but it just doesn't communicate with one another. So these open APIs, having these companies connect with one another makes the data more usable and a lot smarter. You know, if, uh, if you're able to know booking platform, time of day, time of check-in, group size, like revenue management gets better and so does access and cleaning turns and everything. Like it all plays in with one another. Um, and there's a lot of really good tech out there. It just isn't robust enough yet. Uh, or the industry isn't robust enough yet to, to all be communicative with one another. I do agree. I think we are in a transition yeah. moment. I think it's a transition moment and we are not seeing actually great news in terms of technology, but we are just trying to create a landscape where we can have great technology, right? So I, I totally agree with you. When it comes to PMSs, especially you got the legacy one on one side that maybe can do something more than the new wave of, of cloud native PMSs. So hotels are forced to go with the legacy system because there's no there's no real alternative. On the other end, you create this problem of silos. Michael, I think I interrupt you. Sorry, yeah. I think I no, no Yeah, no, I want to confirm because we're connecting with different channel managers in PMS. And if you see, there's no standard, right? We keep developing new connectivity, new adapters for channel managers. It's ridiculous if you see how much time it costs and also how much friction we talked about in the past. You're creating friction for for OTAs, for other channels, if you're not able, if you're not compliant. And as you said, I think we we moved, we joked about it last week when Will said API instead of uh, AI. But yeah. I mentioned <laughs> we're moving, I think, more to an API kind of economy when everything has to be open and well documented. It I think it's also important and everything has to integrate with each other. And now you still see that it's a lot of things are not compatible with each other, right? And then if you're creating more standards within what you just said, uh, just making a reservation, which is you just need a name, you just need a pricing, you need a few credentials. But every or PMS or even channel managers are working completely differently, and it's it doesn't make it all easier for uh, for the PMS, not for the for the property, not for potential partners as well. So I think if we're creating more and more standards, it makes our life much easier. Oh yeah, and, totally. And I, I don't know what it's like in the hotel space, but the lens from the short terminal side. There is friction, not just on, on the development of uh, integrations, but also on rev shares and getting contracts in place to, to even have access to it. And I mean, that's a big barrier for a, a lot of companies as well. Is it the same in hotels? Uh, totally. It's walled gardens all around. Well, you and can see, I think, in vacation rental, there's a bit more standards. But what I understand from this industry, sometimes they're still working with ICAO or making it easier. But if you see, we're working with rate plans in hotels, and this is also in every property. They have different; they have hundreds of different rate plans, and then they have to be mapped. And there's no and booking, for example, like in, in specific, a room on, on, on vacation rentals, often the same room somewhere else. But if you see how things are mapped also within the industry, if you think the same room you're booking and booking or in bedroom or in Expedia could be completely different rooms because you can't really sometimes you can't even compare the right information with each other because there's no mapping done because there's not the same information. So you can see also there complete look like there's complete different inventory because there's not good data available or they're not good integrations available. And that's what you see more in the in the hotel space, especially when there's a lot of different room types, different rate plans and stuff. It makes some of creating a big mess. So is the end state, the ideal end state where everyone has an open API or is it where 
a few companies come together and maybe there's a small roll-up of a PMS buys a channel and a revenue manager and whatever else. Uh, wow. and it brings it under one one roof. What, what well, makes I think more- they don't have standards. I think they're avoiding to have standards to make it more difficult to move from one channel manager to the other channel manager. Even I spoke with some channel managers, they even confirmed it. Like if we're making it too easy to move from channel manager A to channel manager B, if it's all based on standards, they're going to go shopping and we have customers which are less loyal. So I think they somehow try to create and keep this friction so soon to onboard with channel manager A, I'm not going to mention names in here to keep my name okay, but if you're onboarding <laughs> with channel manager A, they want to keep you there. And if it's really easy because with a few clicks to move to channel manager B, they have to do everything to maintain you, to keep you, uh, to keep you happy. So I think they, the friction sometimes, they just try to keep it there to not make it flexible, too easy to move. I do agree, but I, I do think that in the long term, to answer your question, Mike, Michael, it's uh, uh, we are going to see more companies. Like I always say that the days of Leonardo da Vinci are over, right? Mm-hmm. So the days that uh, one company can do it all are behind us. And now you got some very sp- specific companies doing specific things. And the future looks like uh, hotels having the possibility to choose between several companies and connect this company via an, uh, 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 a centralized hub, right? And mm-hmm. I think I, I published an article recently, and I was uh, thinking about the fact that uh, we still we still call a PMS a PMS. But if you look at new wave of PMSs, you see that these new PMSs are more like connectors, are more like apps of technology, right? So I see in the long term, I see more specialized company doing more specialized work, and I see more openness. And at some mm-hmm. point, because I do agree with Michael, especially with some names that we are not going to quote during this <laughs> uh, this episode, but it's 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 painful experience to to uh, to connect, and we know for sure that that's the reason. It's a commercial reason. It's not a technical reason. You know, the the mm-hmm. connection could be done and could be done easily, but at some point they will have to adapt, and uh, there will be there will be a point where hotels expect that kind of freedom, then they mm-hmm. can change the tech stack easily. The same way they change an app on their iPhone, right? And um, mm-hmm. but to get to that, we need to have a more open and uh, industry, and we and we need to have standards in place. Well, you can see there are some hubs creating, right? You see the Impalas we working, and then more. This okay, we creating, we connecting with different channel managers or PM, in this case PMS. So we connecting with them, and what we offering one connectivity to us. So. You didn't have to maintain one one connect uh, one connectivity one one uh, um, one solution, and they distribute to others. So I think this there will be a huge space as well for more for the hubs for the connectivity providers, the uh, actually the hubs to the other ones because still what, what we just mentioned the friction is there, and there I think there's a lot of potential. More will come. Is okay. We you're connecting with us, and we'll make sure we connect to all the other ones, and you just have to maintain only the relationship with us. And uh, we will take care of the other ones because otherwise we all do the same. We all connecting all the all the time, every OTA, all the booking platform. We all creating the same kind of adapters and new connectivity, which is really time consuming. So I think there's a lot of space there. Um, yeah, <laughs> someone else don't want to mention names, but I really can see that. Okay, they also asking certification fees. They want to make this whole certification make it for an OTA or booking platform super special, but they just want to create this friction because they're asking 5k or 10k or they try to at least. Uh, to get you paid for the certification process when it's actually just a standard process, which could be super simple. 
but they all want to just for them is indeed the commercials which are super important so, but it's a revenue stream for them it is a huge revenue stream for sure think about think about the integration back in the 90s or the early 2000s that was a huge revenue stream integration so mm -hmm. i i would imagine that they don't want to lose it overnight and um, back to your point what what companies like impala are doing is great the problem is that sometimes you need uh, a depth of connection that is more advanced and i'm thinking about think about rms for example okay and you need to have all this information about the room type the speed of pickup for a specific room for example and uh, you need to have a very robust api connection it's something that sometimes you cannot get with an uh, with an app with an with a third party so you need to connect directly and so i think it's always it's at the end of the day it's always the same problem we have we are in an industry with way too many providers let's let's be honest here there are way too many booking engines there are way too many pmss in the market okay and uh, every time we need to start from scratch and <laughs> we need to reconnect and then let's start all over again and on top of that sometimes we're losing money because when we connect to these companies either there is time involved work man hours and sometimes a revenue uh, it's a revenue stream for them so it's uh it's quite uh, it's quite a bad situation i think it's one of the big blocker of innovation in our industry i think it's probably i wrote once that uh pms integration is the main taboo in travel and i stand uh by them i think that's really one of the main problems that we have today it's uh integrating the software together and making sure that there is no friction between software and it's a commercial problem it's not a technical problem 90 percent of the time i would say mm -hmm. Well, you can see companies, for example, I know the guys from Hotel Runners, a channel manager, I think they're from Turkey. I think they have open source as well in London. They actually said, we're making it really accessible. So I think they're offering their channel manager, I think even for free, but it's pretty standard. But if you want to on top, for example, more features, booking engine, etc., you just have to pay for the extra kind of uh, services. So they make it really accessible and it's a completely different uh, way of connecting with them. So it's making it really, for, if you're sure a small uh, place, it make it really accessible even for free. But at the end, you want to upgrade, you want to have more, you want a booking engine, you want something different. You're just paying for every edition what you like to have. So it's more like almost like a marketplace and you can just actually add everything. It's almost like a WordPress almost. You want to, you can add different features to your channel manager and it makes it really accessible and they're growing quite rapidly as understood because they're making it accessible and making it simple. And they just integrate, actually, they just what they do, they're just integrating as much as possible with PMS, with different book engines, with OTAs, and just, okay, just if you want to get something, it's off the shelf. Two clicks, it's it's working. So I think they're more like a hub, but also facilitating the, the services. The more yeah. that will be yeah, focused on, on those areas, it could work. That's, that's the age-old Silicon Valley freemium model, right? Like just you finance free tools <laughs> to build stickiness and build relationships. And I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years if they start charging for that service and, and add it on to everything else. But, uh, it, you know, it, it can work and, and it does work. We, we love the guys over at uh, future stay and, and they have a freemium model for distribution. But if you want any of their additional tools on top of it, then there's just a, a flat rate and it, it makes a ton of sense. Like give a baseline of something that is core to everybody and then you can upsell from there um, and, and integrations and, and the workflow from start to finish is, is vital, especially 
you know, for single owners or, or small ownership groups, um, you can't go out and buy the best of the best because it'll never mm -hmm. make financial sense. Yeah. I was going to say that kind of comes back to the same theme of what we've been talking about too, in the sense of flexibility in the industry, because we're talking about flexibility with cancellation policies and all these other things, but behind the scenes, when it comes to flexibility with tech and integrations and all this other stuff, it's not quite yet there, which makes it even harder to then be flexible with operations in the sense of hotels or vacation rentals, either or. So it's pretty interesting to see like the full circle that kind of comes around with it. And I wouldn't say we are the only industry with this problem. I'm, I've been working a little with logistics yeah. and logistics is probably even worse. It's all a legacy nightmare over there. So I wouldn't say we are the only one dealing with this kind of issue. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it's uh, the rise of tech and the whole world is just going to continue to, you know, we're going to have a lot of hurdles either way, no matter what industry. Um, and it's just going to continue to advance and get more and more and more. Well, that's what you see still in the properties. Often you can see, we also see one just addressed this in this uh, in this session, I meet hotel. A lot of properties, they're actually afraid to start something new, right? Because they think, okay, I have to implement things, takes a lot of work, takes a lot of time. And yeah, some solutions are easy to, to start using, but most solutions are difficult to integrate or to connect with. And that's why they're creating friction. That's people are sometimes afraid, should I should start a chatbot? And that's one of the easiest ones to integrate. But if I should have moved to like a revenue solution, people are afraid because there's still a lot of friction to adopt those products. So I think the easier the, the onboarding will be, I just mentioned like we onboarding a property on Bidroom takes seven minutes and the OTA takes an hour. And a lot of properties are like, okay, no, I'm gonna, no, I'm not gonna work with Bidroom because it takes me hours of work to try to, to connect with you. So this we said the first, what we said, okay, we really have to focus on this, remove this friction and make this onboarding as easy as possible. I think when tech, companies when they're really focusing on making the integration the onboarding super easy there can they can get an advantage there but as soon when companies they say we have an amazing an amazing solution but the onboarding is a disaster okay i think the numbers of clients will be the same will be also a disaster and i think another yeah. problem is the fact that it's quite hard to compare software you know in the space and uh you know and this is what marketplaces are trying to fix thinking about even you know the the booking.com app store for example uh or you got websites that are like aggregators and i think it's very hard to compare for the the average hotelier apples to apples when it comes to a pms or a channel manager or a booking engine right so i think it adds another level of complexity and fear because you're not only changing your software but you're not sure what you're changing your software with right and um so i think it's another layer of lack of transparency, I think, in our industry. Uh, and I don't know if this is something that we created for a reason, like commercial reasons. But you take like five quotes from five different PMSs, you will not be able to understand which one is the cheapest one. It's really impossible uh, because mm -hmm. there are so many hidden costs. It's, uh, it's a headache. And it's that kind of headache that most of the years they don't want to have right now. And on top of all the edX they already have with, with coronavirus. So yeah. um, mm -hmm. I totally think that's one of the problems. I mean, take a look at Salesforce. I don't know if any of you guys have gone through a Salesforce integration, but you you have to, you literally have to hire experts at Salesforce <laughs> to get it to do what you need it to do. Uh, it's so robust and it plugs into everything, but unless you know 
exactly how to do it and how to map it, it's it's worthless or or it's you know a worse platform than some of their other competitors that you just turn on with a click of a button. So I, I think that is a it's an important balance and it depends on the size of your company and your revenues for the softwares that you go with, how robust they are versus how easy they are and how much manpower you have to throw towards your your systems. You can get you can get out of your systems what you put into it. And some people have a lot to put into it and some people don't. A friend of mine is actually responsible for hospitality within Salesforce. So maybe I will invite him to be joining one of the future episodes and we can discuss <laughs> it with him. It will be fun. <laughs> That'd be an exciting way to, <laughs> to get into yeah. it. But hey, remember that one time we talked about you guys on that one episode, episode number five? Um, well, no, this is good. This is a good topic, good conversation. Um, Simon A, I just want to say, like, we got to start wrapping things up. I just want to say thank you again for being on the show, no for coming in and bringing in your amazing insights, especially last minute. Thanks for responding to my LinkedIn message <laughs> at, like, whatever time it was for you. Um, it's been cool to catch up. Yeah, it's been, cool. it's been cool for me as well. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Of course. We'll talk soon, my friend. Bye. See you soon. Bye-bye. All right, gentlemen. Um, good episode. I was just curious, uh, any updates or any fun things coming out this week from Bidroom or Noise Aware that we can uh, have listeners you know, tune into? Every day something comes new. So I share with <laughs> you guys sometimes the insights, but uh, uh, we work on some cool stuff. I can't mention too many things, but uh, uh, as you see, many players in the industry, they're just slowing down or waiting what's happening. We're just speeding up. So I mentioned the example F1 uh, driving. I think we're now in an F1 car. We're driving as quick as possible. And we, uh, as I mentioned before, we want to win this race. So let's see what cool things are happening soon. And uh, just Have you sponsored us. an F1 team yet, Michael? Sorry? Have you sponsored an F1 team yet? No, actually, we spoke with <laughs> two teams in the past, but I, seen, I saw their quote. Okay, I just drop off really, really quickly. We're even more thinking about with uh, Formula E or like more like into esports and stuff, but it's a, uh, I can afford you once the quote, but it's really expensive. So no, yeah. no. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe one the bedroom raising in the future. Our own team will be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't sponsor one. Just fund your own team. Yeah, I think it's easier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and on our side, we're, we're ramping up for Black Friday. And then we will have some cool announcements coming out uh, before the end of the year. But uh, nothing specifically this week. All right. Well, I'll keep my eye, my eye and ear open for it. Um, I, I uh, want to put out for any of the people that are listening or watching, we do include everything in a newsletter. So you can find all this stuff uh, if you subscribe to that. But gentlemen, it was great to see you again. Um, obviously, I'll see you guys next week. So cheers to the cheers to the Monday and to a nice uh, week before the holidays. Have a good week. See you next yeah. week. Take care.